0: Following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, how you feeling this morning? Anybody get wet? No? You know, here here's my prayer. Are you ready on Saturday nights? This is awful. I shouldn't pray this probably, but it is. This is extremely important in our household. I don't know if you've recognized this, but it, it seems to me like every time a thunderstorm is going to roll into town, A, it's on Saturday night, which for preachers is not good, and B, it's at night, which means for parents with small children, this is also not good. Because what hap- Here, here's what happens in my household, maybe I've told you this, I don't know, but it, it's so heavy on my mind that I just feel like I need to share it with you. In my household, when it thunderstorms and when it rains, my kids, within two seconds of like they hear something that sounds like thunder, they're downstairs tapping on my shoulder. And so before we know it, we've got like 78 kids laying in our bed. <laughs> we don't have 78 kids, thank God. Ellery, who is, what, 14, 15 months, literally, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if next thunderstorm, she jumps out of her crib, crawls down the stairs, and jumps in bed with us. She can't even, she can't get out of her crib. But it, this is what happens in my household. So, you know what happened last time? All of our kids, Windsor doesn't sleep normal. I love Windsor, but he does not sleep, like, at, you know, with your head on the pillow, like, you know, normal people sleep. Windsor lays at the foot of the bed... I don't know why he does this. He lays at the foot of the bed, like his legs are hanging off the bed. So when he comes and jumps in our bed, like his feet are in my mouth, you know, it's just like every, so last, I guess it was last week probably was the last thunderstorm, maybe two weeks ago. I ended up, I said, babe, I love our children and I love you. With all my heart, I love you. For 10 years, I've been married to you and I love you, but I can't lay in this bed. (laughs) It's Saturday night tomorrow's church, it's Sunday, and I think I was preaching that Sunday as well, and I was like, I've got to be rested. So I literally, I get out of the bed, I lay on the floor, like I didn't even have the the sense of mind to go lay in another bed. I lay on, like our comforter fell off of our bed. I'm sorry, this is way too much information, but it's okay. Our comforter fell off the foot of our bed. I'm literally, I grab a blanket from the living room, I'm laying on our comforter, which I found out was really, really comfortable. Like, it blew my mind how comfortable it was. So that was my prayer last night, was, Lord, let the thunderstorm wait until Sunday afternoon to hit so that all of the the preachers across America can sleep peacefully and their children can stay in their beds. See, see, y'all don't have young kids, y'all don't know. I'm glad you're here today. I, I said all that to, to really say nothing. I'm sorry I told you that, but I'm glad you're here today. As you've recognized, Pastor Rex is not here today. He is out of town ministering, but if you know anything about our senior pastor, you know where his mind is, and he is thinking about this house and the people that call this place home. He sends his love. He will be back in the pulpit on Wednesday night, so if you're new around here, do yourself a favor. Come back on Wednesday night. Hear our senior pastor. Uh, break down the word of God, I promise you, you will not regret it. You know, I, I was at a conference this last week and uh, they were they were sharing on the idea of honor and the principle of honor. And I, I felt it in my heart and I, and I want to do it this morning. I just want to take a moment and honor a group of people today. I want to honor um, a generation that has gone before my generation. If you are if you're 65 and older, would you stand all across this house? Would you do me... A, listen, I know that's... Just, just do me a favor. Yeah, hey. Would you give these people a hand this morning? And you can be seated. And. and Listen, I I surely, I didn't do that to try to embarrass anybody, but I did that to, I want you to recognize that our generation realizes that we are in a church that we didn't build. I'm standing on a platform that I didn't build. It's because of you that we're here today, and I honor you. Thank you for your commitment to the kingdom of God. Thank you for the commitment to this house and uh, to serving Jesus Christ. We We honor you today for your commitment to um, the kingdom of God. Hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you stand with me? We're going to jump into the Word of God. And uh, I'm excited about what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 5. And we're going to start with verse number 4. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screens. Maybe you've downloaded our app, you can follow along there as well. Luke chapter 5, starting with verse number 4, would say this. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Sounds like my fishing experiences. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net." And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. This has never been an issue for me when I'm fishing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, filled both the boats so that they began to sink. For a few moments today, I want to talk to you on this subject. It's moving day. Everybody say it's moving day. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house, the opportunity that we have to hear your word, to lift you up one more time today. Bless us today. Open our hearts and open our minds for what you would have for us to receive, for it's in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 You can be seated. I want to start this morning off. I want to ask you a question, okay? Have you ever moved? Like physically, literally, ever packed your stuff up from a house, an apartment, a condo, and moved it to another one? Anybody? Just a show of hands. Would you raise your hand? A lot of you. And and I can see the look on your face right now. Some of you are getting nauseous at the very thought of moving. You're getting sick. In in fact, if you need to excuse yourself right now, please, I I understand the... um, ...the awfulness of moving, because generally speaking, right, we like the end result of moving... ...because we we move to a place that might have fresh paint, we move to a place that has clean carpet... ...where the dog didn't have his spot, you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know what I'm saying, no. But the process from deciding to move to actually being moved into this new place if we're being slightly facetious today... is one of the most painful experiences... that a human being would ever go through in their life. It's awful. It really, really is. Think about it, okay? Think about the process of moving. you got to go with me for a moment. You have to go out and buy cardboard boxes... and you actually have to put stuff in the boxes, right? Okay, And, And then, after you buy the boxes... You have to go through the kitchen and through the living room and through the dining room and through every other room in your house. And you have to wrap all of your breakable stuff in this bubble wrap. And if you have children, they try to pop all the bubble wrap. So it's a, it's a constant battle here. But, and if you're like me, 90% of your house you feel like is breakable. So you spend 47 years wrapping stuff, getting prepared for a move, but then it's not done. No, no. Then, after you you put everything in the boxes, you have to make sure that you have an ample amount of Sharpie markers because, God forbid, you don't label a box. Then, when it gets moved into the next house, you create more work for yourself, don't you? Because now they just stick it in the garage, and you're like, no, 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 this was supposed to go up 14 flights of stairs, and now you have to do it. So, you have to label every box... Who who has time for this? Really? Like, you work a job, you've got children, you've got to run them from sport. You, you've got to. T- who has time for? N- I don't. Maybe you do. I, I don't know. Moving is awful, and then you have to take the beds apart. Yeah, that's fun, isn't it? And inevitably, you don't have the the right tool, you know. And you got to go. Sometimes, if you're lucky, your bed doesn't need a tool. Like it just kind of snaps in. Like if you get your beds the place I do, that just kind of snaps in. It does, it's not real sturdy. It works really good. If you're moving by those beds, it works really, really well. But here, here's one of the most awful parts about moving, right? Is moving a mattress. <laughs> moving a mattress can make the most dignified person look extremely goofy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like you're holding, you don't even know where to hold the mattress... ...because you get it here and the top starts flopping over... ...and you're like, oh, and then, and then it bangs up against a wall... And you're trying to maneuver it. Luckily, the mattress has a little flexibility when you're moving it down three flights of stairs. And you can kind of bend it and turn it. Moving a mattress is is awful as well. But then, you have to pack all of your kids' toys. And when, when the creators of children's toys create these toys, one thing they don't think about is the process of moving. Because packing children's toys is awful. They don't think that, like, who has room in a vehicle or a moving truck for a kid's bouncer? Like, it's this big. It's a square. It doesn't fit anywhere really well. You just have to sit it there. You can't put a lot of stuff on it. It just doesn't pack well. A high chair. Where do you put a high chair? Right? All all the toys that your kids acquire, they don't fit in the nice little boxes that you buy at Home Depot or wherever it is that you buy moving boxes then you have to clean out your refrigerator. Yeah, I heard some ums. You have to buy an ice chest the size of this church to put all of your stuff that you've acquired over the last thirty-eight years of marriage that is still in your fridge. By the way, this is the time that you're reintroduced to that bottle of Tabasco sauce that you're like, "Oh man, I've been missing you. I didn't. I, you expired in two thousand twelve. Where have you been? You know what? This is." When you're moving stuff out, this is moving is an awful experience, but now that's just the pre work. That's not even really the moving. You, you've had to do all of this just to get ready to move. And so now what do you do? Now you call in the heavy hitters to help you move the boxes, don't you? Yes. You call a moving company. No, that's not what we do. We call our friends because that's what friends are for, isn't it? Yes, we call our dearest, closest friends. Why hire a moving company when you have friends? That's my motto, right? Or at least that's all my friends' mottos. Jaron, I love you. You call your friends because the moving company wants like a whole year's worth of wages, to move you five blocks. So, we call our friends and we get creative. At least I do. I know our last move I did. I'm like, it was awful. I'm. Not, I, oh, let me share kind of with you how it worked for me. So, I, you pick up the phone, and you're like, hey, um, what are you guys doing on Friday night? It's been forever since we've hung out. Oh. Yeah, man, it has. We'd love to hang out. What you got going? Well, uh, <laughs> we just bought a new house. In fact, we're moving on Friday night. Do you want to help us move? Oh, uh, um, and now they can't say no because you already know they don't have any plans. Good work. You've talked them into it. Uh, yeah, Sure, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> what, what time? And then... For just like 30 seconds, right, we feel bad that we suckered them into this. Maybe this is a personal problem. I'm so sorry. And so here's our go-to line, isn't it? Hey, but, but don't worry. I'll have pizza there. Like free pizza and bottled water takes care of all the problems that you've just invited your friends and suckered them into helping you move. And we don't put any thought into this, do we? We don't put anything. Who wants to eat pizza right after they moved a couch up 14 flights of stairs and they're sweated down like pizza's the heaviest food ever? They're just gonna go throw it up. It's awful. (laughs) And then they have to move, right? Who wants pizza after they move your, your dresser full of all your stuff because God knows you're too lazy to unpack your socks and your underwear and put them in a box so they're still in your dresser, right? It's really heavy. And sometimes it gets awkward there when the wrong drawer opens, you know what I'm saying, when your friends are helping you move. But for some reason, we think that, that pizza will make everything okay. Like, I'm going to serve them pizza, they're going to be okay, they're my friends, they love me. And like, they're, they're having to go to the chiropractor the next day because their back is so, uh, such an awful shape. But you have to move the couch, awful. You have to move the refrigerator, Awful. You have to move the dresser and the mattress. Awful as well. This is not good. I've had bad dreams. I'm telling a long story to tell you this. I've had bad dreams of walking up the ramp from the ground into a moving truck. Do, you, do y'all worry about this too when you're moving? Like, I am so scared to death that I'm going to be carrying up a couch and I'm going to take one step off of that ramp and I'm going to break both of my legs. Like, that, that's the st- like, I've had really bad nightmares of this. And the thought, here's the reason that some of us, our stomachs are dropping at the very thought of moving. It's because it's because of all the junk that we've acquired over the last several years, right? It's one thing to, to move, like, right when you get married and you don't have a whole lot of stuff, but it's a whole nother thing to move once you've been married for 20 years, you've had kids, you've acquired a bunch of stuff. It's a, a whole nother thing to move at that point, and, And spiritually, let's apply this, right? Here's where I'm going today. I'm left thinking this, that spiritually we are very similar. I wondered this morning how many of us have grown accustomed to living amongst all the junk that we've acquired throughout the process of our life. Not just moving, not just on a moving day experience, but I'm talking spiritually speaking, all, all the baggage and all the experiences that we've gone through. I wonder how many of us have grown accustomed to living amongst all of the junk, all of the baggage that we've acquired throughout the course of our life. Over the years, we've acquired some bad habits and some tendencies. We've dealt with some situations, right, that have left us feeling depressed and frustrated. Maybe it was choices that you made when you were younger that you just can't seem to get past. Maybe it was a marriage that went bad that has turned your world upside down. Maybe it was something that was done to you that you really had no, you you couldn't do anything about it. I, I don't know what that is for you, but you are left with the feeling that you're right in the middle of something that you will never find your way out of accustomed to living life amongst the junk. And I just want to tell you as we we start our time together today that that I feel like it's time that some people in this house go ahead, spiritually speaking, and go to Home Depot, go ahead and buy some boxes, go ahead and get your bags packed because today is moving day for you. It's time for you to step out of where you were and move into what God's calling you to do. It's time that you and I start to realize that the past is the past and that God has a great future and incredible plans for us to step out of fear and walk into destiny, to walk, walk out of a debilitating mindset and walk into a land flowing with milk and honey. It's time for you and I to walk out of the land of junk and walk into a land full of promises and purpose that Jesus would have for you and I. And I listen, I, I know what some of you are thinking this morning. I, I I get it. Well, Pastor Brad, I mean, that was a cute story about moving. That was that was funny. You kind of drew it out a little bit too long, but you know, I'm not sure that that that's really possible. It's I mean, you don't know how bad of things that I've done. You don't know the things that have been done to you you just you 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 don't really get it. It's I've done some things that that have set the course of my life forever. I, I'm in a situation that I don't think I'll ever be able to course correct from. No, 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 Brad. You, I mean, I appreciate that. Those are great words, but, but I, I, I've kind of signed on the dotted line, so to speak. I, there's no way that I can get out of it. It's final, almost as final as death, really, Brad. I mean, it's almost that final. Well, in fact, listen, I'm so glad that you feel that way. I'm really glad that you brought that to my attention this morning... ...because on the eve of this Easter season... ...I want to bring your attention to the book of Matthew for just a moment. And you have to understand, let me give you a little precursor to what we're going to read. Literally what we're going to read happens right after... ...Jesus has taken his last breath on the cross. Okay, so keep that in mind. Matthew 27, 57 would say this. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph... ...who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body... ...and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth... ...and placed it in his own new tomb... ...that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb... ...and then he went away. Final, right? Death. The finality of life, Jesus' life... Was over as everyone else in that day and age knew it. It was over, it was done. Generally speaking, right? When you die, it is a, a final piece to the puzzle. But let me remind you, you're very aware of this, but I wanna refresh your memory just, just to kinda of get you geared up for where we're going over the next few weeks, okay? Verse 28, or chapter 28, verse 2 would say this There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord. ...came down from heaven and going to the tomb... ...rolled back the stone and sat on it. He kind of just took a break. And his appearance was like lightning... ...and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook... ...and they became like dead men. And the angel said to the woman... ...do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here, he has risen... Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell the disciples. The death of Jesus, right? Everyone thought that this moment was a a sign on the dotted line sort of deal here. Jesus had died. His life was over. The finality of life. But, But you know this. Three days later, he steps out of the tomb... And he lets everyone know who was there in that day and age... ...everyone who helped crucify him... ...and everyone who would walk the face of this earth... ...realize that there's some things in life that you thought were final... But they're not really final is what you think. They're they're not really as as done of a deal is what you think. There's some situations in your life that you thought you might not ever get out of because you've done some really bad things. You've had some things happen in life and you thought that that was going to seal your fate. Some things that you thought you had purchased with your actions, so to speak. Some some things that you had earned with your bad decisions. But in essence, watch this. What Jesus was saying, this is is so incredible to me. Jesus was saying, oh, 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 world, I get it, yeah. You thought, you, you thought that I had purchased this tomb... You thought that I had actually went out, I was looking around for a tomb when I knew it was time that I was going to die and and I bought this tomb. No, no, no. Here's what you're missing. Here's what you're missing, friends. You see, my friend Joseph of Arimathea, no, no, no. He allowed me to sign a short-term three-day lease because I knew going into it that what you thought was final, I was going to step out of in just three days. And so I don't know about you, I don't know what situations you find yourself in, but whatever you are in, whatever you have done, whatever circumstances you find your family in, they are never as final as what you think they are. It's moving day, it's time for you and I to take a step of faith and to say, you know what? I know it seems bad here, but I also know the potential of what happens if I start to walk out of this. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> some of us are walking, let's be honest for a moment. Some of us are walking through life acting like you own all of your mistakes, like, like these, are, these failures have become final to you. Almost as if you have bought a house in the land of junk and the housing market has just crashed and there's no way that you're ever getting out of this. I wish there would be some people in here who would understand how His grace and how His mercy works this morning. That what you thought was final, you've actually only been leasing and your lease ends today. It's time for some of us to walk out of these mindsets in the situations that we deal with. It's time for some of us to move individually into the place that God is calling us to move to. It's moving day. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's moving day. And so at some point, I believe that our mindset as individuals have to shift, Right? Like they have to start to change because there's a point when, when you and I, when we make that move and we realize how great life is with Jesus Christ. That we don't have to stay in the land of junk, but we can walk into the land of promise and opportunity with Jesus. Once we do that, then you and I have a mandate, don't we? What is that mandate? Our mandate is to help people... ...outside of these four walls... ...realize that they might be living in a land of junk... ...but they don't have to live in a land of junk either. They can also make the move that you and I have just made. That becomes our role. And sometimes that's not easy to hear. I've I've sat in these pews my entire life. I'm a homeboy at this church. This is my my church literally. I, I grew up crawling under what used to be pews here. And it's easy... It was easy for me to just sit there and, and, and just say, you know what, I need a word for me today. This is for me today. Whatever pastor's preaching is just for me today. I, I don't know. I mean, ah, just consume, consume, and consume. And I feel like God is, is calling a church, a group of people that call Christian Life Austin home to realize that it's not so much about me and you. It is, but it's not all about us. At this point, once we've realized, you know what, how great it is to life, uh, how great it is to live a life with Jesus Christ, that now you and I have to start thinking about people outside of these four walls. We've got to start realizing that there's people out there that don't know him the way that you and I know him. We have a mandate to reach the people that don't know him the way that we know him. I just have a feeling, listen, I don't know, maybe it's just um, my lack of knowledge, but I don't think it is. I think it's my, my great deal of faith that would say there's some people that live in the communities next to us. There's some people that live in your neighborhoods that work with you, that are in your family that they need to go ahead and start packing some bags. They may not know it yet. They may not know exactly what's going to happen, but there are some people sitting in this place that are about to open their mouth, share their experiences, share what they've gone through in life and how great Jesus is. They need to go ahead and start packing some bags because they don't know it, but moving day for them is right around the corner. They're about to walk out of some situations and walk in to the life that God has called them to live. And I love our opening text today in Luke chapter 5. We read it, um, I read you the really a middle section of a much larger passage. And I want to share with you um, the beginning of that passage and kind of reread what we read at the beginning as well. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen. ...who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And he asked him to put out a little bit from shore. then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Jesus did this quite often. And then let's move to what we read at the beginning of our time together. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night and haven't caught anything but because... You say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. And I don't know if... Um, If you see it yet, I I don't know if you kind of see where I'm going at this point or not. But I believe that this passage puts into words exactly where you and I find ourselves as a church. Where Christian Life Austin is at this season. And and I love this season for our church. Uh, Pastor Rex last week spoke to you on the One Campaign. And he opened up this idea that each one of us have a part to play. Everybody that calls this place home has a, a part to play that every one of us can reach one and imagine what would happen in the kingdom of God if everyone in this room spoke about what happened in their life, the transformation that has taken place in your world, and you reached one. Yeah. He, he opened that conversation last week, and I want to piggyback off of that um, as, we, as we wrap our time up today. Um, but you've got to catch this. Here, here's what I think um, pertaining to our passage of Scripture that we're reading today. Is that it was moving day for a huge amount of fish in this passage, and they just didn't know it yet. It was was about to be time for this group of fish to be moved, and they had no idea what was happening. Jesus tells Simon Peter, put into the deep water and let down your nets, and so Peter does it, and when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Do Do you realize this? Have you ever been fishing? How many... How many fish that has to be for your nets to really start to break? Nets begin to break and tear when you drag them on the rocks. Not when a bunch of fish get in them. Like it's an, an, a, an extraordinary amount of fish that they're catching that would literally break their nets. And here's what I believe the Lord would be telling us today. Is that there is a huge amount of fish outside of these four walls... That are ready and looking to move out of their situation and move into the promises and the purposes that God would have for them to live. And this church has been dropping nets for years and years and years. That's what I love about our church. And Pastor says this all the time, and it's so true. We've been dropping nets. We haven't been pole fishing. We've been dropping nets, which means when you drop nets, you get people that don't look like you. When you drop nets, you get people that don't act like you, that don't have the same kind of background as you, that that don't like the same kind of music. You get people that are messy, that are messed up, that have issues. When you drop nets, you catch all kinds of fish. You get people from all kinds of backgrounds. It's not like, oh, I just want this kind of... No, no, no. That's not the kind of church that this is. Do you believe that today? But this church has been dropping nets into the deep, dark, murky waters of our city, into into communities, into people that don't know anything about Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty of this house. And I think you feel it too. I think you feel it too that over the last year or so, the nets, so to speak, that we've been dropping out have begun to get so full. It's begun to get really, really heavy. Now watch this, you have to stay with me. They've been getting so full that it's become time for us to call another boat. It's it's been time now that Pastor and, and God has given him the vision to say, listen, the boat that we currently have is not big enough to contain the catch that God is trying to send to this house. So it's time that we build another building. It's time that we call our friends and say, listen, we need another boat to house everything that God is going to do through this place. Because there's some people, they may not know it yet, but there's some people who have been prayed for. There's some family members who have been prayed for. There's some communities who have been prayed over, and they're about to make a move. They just don't know it yet. They, they, don't, they don't really know what's about to happen, but all of a sudden you're going to be speaking in a conversation, sharing your experience, sharing the good news of Jesus, and they're going to say, Whoa, what was that? What? Well, what do I feel? I want what you have. And they don't know what's going to happen, but all of a sudden they're going to say, I'm ready for something different in my world. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for God to do something in me. And here's what you have to understand. Here's what I have to understand. Is that this building that we're talking about, this building that, that you've seen in the videos, this building project that, that we're getting ready to go through, isn't just... For you and for me. you got to understand this. This building project is not just for you and it's not just for me. No, 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 no. This project, this building is for the one. This project is for the, the person that doesn't know Jesus. It's for the people that live outside of these four walls. It's for the family member that needs to come to know Jesus that you've been praying for. This new building that we're talking about is for the person whose marriage is falling apart and needs some restoration. It's for the teenager who's been finding their identity in their boyfriend or girlfriend, but they're going to start to find their identity in who Jesus says that they are. That's who this project is for. And so I want to to piggyback off of what Pastor said last week and shift our mindsets. And say, listen, once you and I begin to make the move spiritually, once we've stepped into the land flowing with milk and honey and the promises and the purposes that God have for us, that now you and I have a mandate to get outside of ourselves and start reaching and talking and dropping nets in our community. It has to be about them. It has to be about the people that don't know anything about Jesus. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Because there's people that don't know Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's not so that we can build a bigger stage and have more lights and more. No, no, no. That has no, nothing to do with why we're about to launch into this building project. It has everything to do with the fact that there's people in your communities. There's family members that I have and in my community that don't know Jesus. It's for the one. It's for the one. So, so, Pastor Brad, you're telling me that this, this new project isn't just for me? I mean, come on. Like, I'm excited about a new building. I'm excited about a bigger place and new lights and new sound, better screens. I mean, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. No, 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 it is. And we're going to get to enjoy a new building and fresh paint and, and a new look. We're going to get to enjoy all of that. We are, we're going to get to enjoy uh, new, everything, it's, it's, it's just going to be beautiful. You're going to get to enjoy every aspect of that. But can I tell you where you and I need to spend most of our time, are you ready? Right it's in the water. It would be easy in a church our size for everyone here, Right? I've been here a pretty long time, 34 years. It would be easy for people that have called this church home a long time to say, you know what, oh, they don't really need me. I mean, I, yeah, I, they don't know. I mean, there's so many people. They, they, no, 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 it would be easy to sit on the bow of the boat as the net of Jesus Christ. But no, 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 if we're going to do what God is calling us to do, the net, the people that make up this church, that's you and I. We've got to stay in the water. It's not enough for you and I to sit on the bow of the boat and just say, Oh, this is... No, no, no. We need you. We need every single person that sits in these chairs because it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to stay in the water and to reach people that don't know Jesus because guess what? If we get comfortable with where we are, he's going to stop sending us people. Because we're not doing our best to take care of the people that he sent us. If we get comfortable sitting on the bow of the boat looking at the new lights and, and looking at the building project as it's coming, guess what? That's not enough for you and I. We, we've got to stay in the deep, dark, murky waters of our city. Reaching people that don't know anything about Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. Be easy to stay and not get our hands dirty, so to speak. Just ah, go for it, yeah. No, no, we need you. This church needs you. This church needs you on board. This church needs you behind it in this project, not to look pretty, but to reach one to reach one, one that you know that needs to know him. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. It probably won't be pretty. Because when you fish in the deep, dark, murky waters of the sea, you're going to pull up some stuff. You're going to pull up a lot of mud. You're going to get involved in a lot of junk. You're going to have to mend the nets from time to time because it's been caught on the rocks. But listen, it it may not be pretty, but it will be the most rewarding experience that you ever walk through. I promise you. Because when you see a friend, when you see a family member, when you see a coworker that you've been praying for, put their faith in Jesus Christ, go down in waters of baptism, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's not an experience that you forget very quick. It may be dirty, but it will be the most rewarding thing that you ever do in your life. I promise you that. Randy, if you'll help me. The scripture ends... Pretty uniquely, that whole passage of scripture. So I've read to you the beginning, I've read to you the middle portion, and I want to close by reading the ending portion of Luke chapter 5. Here's what it would say. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish that their nets began to break, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. They filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. Here's what I want you to catch. When Simon Peter saw this, He fell at Jesus' knees and said go away from me Lord I am a sinful man for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken and so were James and John the sons of Zebedee Simon's partners watch this Jesus said to Simon don't be afraid Simon from now on You will fish for people. Uh, Simon, you did great. You went out, you caught a bunch of fish. But from this point forward, it's not about the fish in the sea. It's about the people that walk this earth. You will be a fisher of people. And so they pulled up their boats onto the shore. And they left everything to follow him. They left everything they had to follow Jesus. Can you imagine? What what if these four people, which by the way, these were the first four disciples that Jesus would call to follow him. The very first parts of the net that makes up the body of Christ. They were the very beginning of the link that Jesus would begin to link together to catch all of the people that need to know him. They were the very beginning point. Can you imagine? If they would have just said, nah. I mean, no. I'm good, Jesus. I mean, I I mean, look, I got a nice fishing business. I got a nice boat. I mean, my nets are kind of breaking because we just caught so many fish. I mean, I my family's here, I'm comfortable. I kind of like the life that I'm living. Yeah, sure, I have my issues from time to time, but but I, I don't really Can you imagine if they would have said no to what God was calling them to do? The very first four disciples that Jesus would call. They left their nets. They dropped everything to follow Jesus. And guess what? Here's what's so exciting to me is that now they were the beginning of the net that you and I have the opportunity to join some 2,000 years later, right? That we have the opportunity to link arms with the disciples and say, you know what, let's go fishing for Jesus. We're, We're no longer fishing for fish, but we're going out together as the body of Christ to reach people that don't know anything about him. We get to be a part of that wonder if we will accept the invitation to be fishers of men. Would you stand with me? Here's how I want to wrap up our time together today. I want you to take 30 seconds not long we're talking about reaching one, right? The one campaign. I don't know who that is for you, but I know there's somebody in your sphere of influence. There's a family member. There's a co-worker. Somebody in your neighborhood that you know that is far from God. Maybe it's somebody you've been praying for. Maybe it's somebody that's just popping into your mind right now that you realize, man, I need to start praying for them. I want you to take a moment Randy's going to be playing, we're not going to be singing, I'm not going to be praying. I want you to take about 20 seconds and I want you to think of a person or a couple of people that you know in your sphere of influence that need to know Jesus Christ. Will you do that? Take just a moment. I have decided to follow Jesus. youth ministry in me, I don't know but I think there's something powerful in doing what we're about to do we've preached about being fishers of men and forming this net so to speak of reaching the one, I want us to literally hold hands, maybe you want to link up, I don't know how you want to do that but I want us to form a net so to speak that makes up this church and here's what we're going to do we're going to together as we're joined together we're unified like never before listen you and I have to be unified and on the same page like never before as we move into this season and as we are as we're joined together as we're unified we're going to pray together to say you know what Lord there's people that I know there's people in my community that need to know you and together Together, we're going to join the disciples. We're going to join the first four disciples and make up the net that's going to reach my community. We're going to reach my friends, and I want you to call their name. I want you to call their name. I want you to pray over their life that wherever they are, whatever they're thinking about, that their heart and their mind would be turned towards God right now. Would you do that with me? Let's become the body of Christ together. Let's become the net that reaches people in our community. Lord, we love you today. God, you see my friends. God, you see our family members. You see the people in our communities. God, it's not about me anymore. God, you, you bless me all the time. You speak to me all the time. I've consumed so much, but Lord, today, I want you to bless my friends. God, I want you to bless my friends today. There's people that I know that I come in contact with every single day that I know are hurting, that are frustrated, that are depressed, that don't know anything about you. And if I will have the courage and the faith to speak to them about your good news, about what you did, then they just might be ready to make a move in their own life, to move out of a life full of junk and walk in the purpose and promise and destiny we're unified, praying for our communities, praying for the neighborhoods of 78745, praying for the schools in our community, praying for our offices and our co-workers and our families and our friends. It's about them today, Lord. Bless them today. Use us to reach them. Whatever you have to do, use me to reach my friends and need. Today, bless them today. Bless their families today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. Listen, over the next several weeks, several months, I want you to jot their names down wherever it is. Maybe it's in your Bible. Maybe it's in your journal. And I want you to pray over these people that we've talked about today. The people that God has brought to your mind. Because I believe, I believe that there's a group of people who may not know it yet, but it's time for them to make a move. That they're going to walk into the saving grace message of Jesus Christ, and it's going to transform everything about them. Thank you, Jesus. As we close today, I read a quote that I want to share with you, and it simply says this Divine intervention often awaits human initiative. And here's what I believe. I believe that this step that we are taking in faith, saying, Lord, we know that there's people in our communities that need to know you. And so we're going to step out, and we're going to build a new building, not for lights and glamour and for show, no, 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 but for them, for the one that as we make the human initiative that divine intervention is going to follow and it's going to blow your minds just like it did for the disciples. They were astonished at the catch, at the amount of fish that came into their boats. And I have a feeling that you and I, our minds are going to be blown when we see the people that we've been calling their name out in prayer walk into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to find that moment where we're falling at the feet of Jesus, saying, Jesus, I'm a sinful man. he will say, listen, don't ever forget that it's not about the fish, but it's about the people. Go, make it happen. Lord, we love you. Thank you for our time together today. God, I thank you for worship today. I thank you for the word. I thank you for a group of people whose hearts and their minds were open to receive what you've had for us today. Now, God, I pray that you would seal this moment on our hearts, that you would let us leave here with our hearts and our minds on friends and family members, on the one that need to know you and somehow show us, God, how you can use us to reach them for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Pastor, will be in the pulpit.